0: Going on, everyone! Welcome to another edition of the Steamers Podcast. This is Season One, Episode Twenty Two. Another solo. Scoob is out again today, but your boy Greed's here. Not a lot of positive vibes today. There's, it, it was just bad last night or mon- Sunday night. I mean, we just got absolutely tanked. I woke up today and just. Got it, him. It, like, it, there's just no motivation to go to work when when something like this happens. Nothing. Monday is like it, It's just it's a shit show. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to go anywhere. You just want. You just want to move on. I literally pulled out of my driveway. And I was like, if there was a better day for like a Sixers hype video, yeah, I would need someone. You would need to convince me how because this is this is what we need. The only positive thing that I had happen to me this weekend was that my mom made buffalo chicken dip for the first time this this season. Like, once this season. And what happened? I lost in FanDuel because of Marvin Jones' dumbass. And, and, the Eagles got absolutely demolished last night. It, I mean, I'm just, it, it's like, that was my positive. Buffalo chicken dip was the only takeaway, and don't get me wrong, some good-ass buffalo chicken dip. Those who know, you know. If you know, you know. If you don't, I feel sorry for you because you had to go today with no buffalo chicken dip, doing your same old routine, and the Eagles lost. You just, you, that sucks for you. But that's my positive. I mean, someone's got to give me something else. What what happened? We cut Orlando Scandrick. That doesn't matter. No one cares about that. He he played like what, seven quarters for the for the Eagles. Useless. We've cut. I mean, it, it's like Jim Schwartz is basically throwing guys in there he's had all season, or people that like Zach Brown we had all season, cut him. Then the new people we signed, Akeem Spence and. Scandrick, I can't believe I came. I, I don't even care about him anymore. Now they're cutting them. I mean, I'm really starting to think. You know, this whole offseason, we got reports. Wentz looks great. Wentz is dominating. He's 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 picking apart defense. Him and Deshaun are making plays every game. Do you think that the reason why is because that the defense was just that bad? Was he just going out and torching him and it's just like? They had to make plays because our defense can't stop the pass right now. We can't. So then it made me think. I was like, is Deshaun just going out and just he's just showing them up? Because they can't stop the deep ball. They can't cover them one-on-one. And Jim Schwartz's defense scheme is I'll either all out blitz and leave man-to-man and let one of my corners get burnt. Or it'll be third and nine and I'll play four-man rush all eight other, or seven other defenders are at the line of scrimmage. Or not line of scrimmage, the, the line of game. But that's my thing. Is that because I saw it last night. They do a dump off to Zeke and he just runs up the field with two lead blockers and it's like, you know the first guy's not going to bring him down running full steam. If your guys can't cover, you got to give him some assistance. You knew... Amari Cooper was banged up in this game, but he still torched us. I mean, the 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 clip on Rasul Douglas, you there was like you don't even have to know anything about the Eagles, you just see that clip and you go, "Good," like that's just insane. But knowing the Eagles, I don't even like I just knew that there was no safety help over the top on that. This Rasul Douglas got burnt. It was a sideline throw, and it's just like we have nothing that helps our secondary. Our pass rush is not getting to the quarterback. Our our corners are not covering. I mean, Jalen Mills, don't get me wrong, I mean, he was put into a tough situation, hasn't played in a while. He got burnt by Cooper. I mean, that that play by Cooper, he was all over him. It's just it he just got that last step and got that nice catch on the sideline. Jalen Mills honestly looked like to me he was he, he's the only guy I could. Confidently put out on the field and say he might make a play, he might, and that's confidence. He might. Other than that, I mean, seriously, Brazil Douglas is getting torched. Sidney Jones was getting torched. Darby was trying to make plays, but then he, you know, his size was kind of hurting him. We just don't. Or defensively, we don't have it, and offensively, it's just sloppy. It's it's really really sloppy. The line the line is like, and I, someone needs to just tell someone to shut up. Like everyone's talking too much, and then you go like you can't talk and then get and get embarrassed like that. Like Zach Ertz said, like we represent Philadelphia, but I've never got like that was a hit in the chin, and it better be the wake up call. There's no more time. And then now the game against Dallas is going to become. In Philly, that's going to become like a playoff game for us if we don't start winning games now. Or if we don't start winning games now, the season's over. I think Buffalo's now a must-win, and that's a tough game. Go into Buffalo. Their defense is playing pretty well, even though Fitzpatrick had a good week. I mean, I know it's the Dolphins, but still, they gave New England a game. They're not an easy... I don't think they're an easy task. I think you got to, like... And the fact that our offense only put up 10 points against Dallas... It got me nervous about what we're gonna do against the Bills. And then there's some plays that, like, offensively. I mean, the fumbles—the fumbles was a momentum killer to start. Two fumbles in the first two drives. You give Dallas great field position. You're putting your defense in a terrible position, knowing that we're not gonna be able to stop their receiving core. And I—I I mean, it, it's just momentum. It, it's like—and I hate the idea that the press is getting on Doug Doug Peterson's back. About deferring the first half. I understand we're not doing well in the first quarter, but you don't like, we're on the road, all right? If they're deep, if you come out and you're on the road and you fail that first drive, if you go three and out, you don't get across 50, you don't even get a first down, you turn the ball over, all the momentum in the first quarter is already on the home team. It's over. I mean, you can go over and shut them up, sure. But when you're without, Deshaun, you know, Jason Peters is out. And then, you know, on the defensively, your corners, like, it's just like you're not setting your team up well. You're really not. And then I'm watching, like, highlights. I'm seeing, you know, Jordan Howard, the first play, it's an out route with Aguilar. You get like, six yards. All right, I'm like, that's a good play. Quick quick decision. You know, you're, you're not letting their pass rush get to Wentz. You know, you got to know what your strengths are. You don't have your deep ball threat. Matt Collins hasn't made a play all year. So, I just do quick plays. You got to you gotta do these quick plays. Come up with something that's going to, you know, spark the offense. We didn't have it. And we're not targeting Ertz at all. He didn't have a target in the first half. I like Goddard too, but, you know, like you can't rely on your tight ends to make every play. Sometimes you got to have your receivers make a, a catch and run. I don't think we did like one screen pass to see if the Agler can make a play after it. It's it's just I mean there's a there's an issue with the play calling, issue with the the defense. I mean, we're not getting the pass rush there. We then the corners are getting burnt. Our run defense is the only strong thing about it, and we didn't even have that last night. I mean, I know it's Zeke Elliott, but still. He costs us a game. There's way too many issues right now. Hopefully this is a wake-up call. I mean, I think every team needs it. Except for the Patriots, they don't need it. But here I am. I mean, it's just it's bad. And and like the most talked about thing today is Aguilar dropping this pass. I mean, the hype around it, I mean, like how about Lane Johnson on the second drive? He gets absolutely torched by Demarcus Lawrence, and that's just an easy sack. One, it was a one-in move, goes right around him, and he gets his hand around right the ball. And the, this is when you know you already just gave up a turnover. You need your offense to play well. Like that was a big. That was that the, the the Carson Wentz sack fumble where Demarcus Lawrence popped it out. It that was the whole to me that was the whole momentum. I understood that the the Cowboys came down. They scored on the Tavon Austin play. But right there, you have to come out and respond. That uh, that was a defining moment for me. It was when I saw that I was like, "This is we're not looking well. This is it." And I mean, I mean, Doug's got some answering to do too. You can't like you can't go and say we're gonna go win in Dallas. That what did Zach Brown just do? He's not even he got you guys cut him because he did that. Then you do the same thing. Just go in the film room. Say we're preparing. We're gonna go in. We're gonna we're gonna play our best on on Sunday. I feel like now it's in everyone's head that you if you don't go win, you're thinking about too much. You're not you're not preparing yourself right. Like you you pissed off Dallas. You went in their stadium. Then pissed off and then they outplayed you. That's all it is. I think the Eagles need to establish a more run game. And I think they need to set up quicker passes right now. I the the problem. Wentz is not playing bad. Wentz is playing. To me, he's playing fine. I think that he's not he's not making a quick decision because the guys that are out there are not guys that make quick routes to make catches. Alshon's the only guy really, and Ertz. And if you're not targeting Ertz, who's your supposed to be your your number one guy? We're not. But like the throws that I see Wentz making. Those are those are the throws we need. That touchdown to Garret was perfect. It was a perfect throw. That throw to Agler should have been catch. Everyone knows about it. that deep ball. That was a great throw. I don't think anyone is criticizing the throw on that. But then I see the pressure. Like I don't. I just think that the play call is not giving Wentz the quick throw option, and he's they're running these deep these deep plays, and the the line's just not giving enough time. And I think that was the most overrated thing. Now that I think we can agree on. Was the offensive defensive line ranked from Pro Football Focus in the beginning of the season? Uh, the Eagles' defensive and offensive line were in the top fives. I think they even ranked the offensive line as the number one. It, it definitely has not shown. I, I think Jacoby, I think the Colts have shown that they might have the best offensive line just seeing how much time Jacoby has to throw. I mean, you, you see that what, what Jacoby, when they didn't have a line, struggled on the Colts' offense. Now their line scheme is way better and they're they're playing like that's a that's a team that's just playing well and winning the defensive offensive line games. It's just I don't think we have that right now. We we're losing in the trenches, which is abysmal. A lot of problems with the Eagles, and I think that it to go off of what we need to do. Is they need to come out motivated, and I I don't think Howie's going to make a deal. I really don't. I think he, he's going to let it play out, see what happens, and if there's one I'm if there's one thing I'm addressing, it, I mean he didn't make. I like the additions he made, but they're not on the field right now. The only one like like JJ Sega Whiteside has not seen the field over Matt Collins. That is a problem to me. I know that they came out and said in the pressers they were like, "Well, that's not his his role. You know, Matt Collins fills in for Deshaun when Deshaun's out." I don't care. If you're a playmaking receiver, if he's a good receiver, you don't keep him off the field. If he's talented, you don't keep him off the field. You're supposed to see snaps if you know how to play. And if and it's because you're thinking of a scheme thing, well, the scheme ain't working. So what the hell are you getting at? that, that like disregard whatever the hell that was and go out and actually put people on that are going to make plays if he if he's not making plays then this is going to be chalked up as another terrible pick Malik Jackson out Deshaun Jackson out and I mean Dillard's just just seen the field Miles Sanders is he's getting his snaps he's he's been one of our better receiving backs and receiving players but it's just got to be fixed, man. It's got to be fixed. Like, focus on preparation. Come out next game. You got to have something ready. After all this, you know this is why I said this was. Th- today would have been perfect time for the Sixers hype video. I just, I, I would have liked something else. Because for now, it's Tuesday. NBA is back tonight. you got Toronto. At home against Pelicans, minus seven favorites. And the Lakers Clippers square off in Staples. Lakers favored by two and a half. I I like I I like the Lakers, and I kind of like uh, this Toronto game to be low scoring, where it's going to be like New Orleans. I feel like New Orleans. I know they don't have Zion, but I still don't think that they're going to play that bad. I mean, I still think that they have a decent team that can at least hopefully keep up. Might not win the game, but I think they can keep up. I do like them when they have Zion. I think that's going to be a, a pretty solid team. But in regards to the NBA, I want to talk about. It was a big contract day. We're going over the, you know, the Ben Simmons draft class. So this is what all these guys are getting these these contracts. You know, you got Buddy Healed, Jalen Brown. Siakam, Sabonis, all, and Torian Prince, all getting these contracts. But the big story, and I was just saying now that I like the Pelicans this year. Brandon Ingram has not gotten paid, which means he's going to be a free agent. Is I, and I'm what I'm trying to understand is They made this trade; they gave up Anthony Davis. Obviously, Ingram was had to be a significant piece because they didn't get Kuzma they went they got Ingram so this is like a this is a big deal because back when the Sixers were on the clock and people were debating like there's the Chauncey Billups clip of him saying I would take Ingram like this is like a this is like a prove it year for Ingram I and mean, this has got to tell you something like people thought that this was like a like a Durant type he's like a, a small forward length, that could shoot like a really good score. He's had some 20-point games, but he, he's not gotten consistency. I mean, this is this is a year of proof. I think it's a big deal when you see a top pick like this not get paid. I mean, Jalen Brown got paid, and he's been coming in and out of the bench. I actually, that was, back when that pick happened, That people said that that was a reach. They went down a little bit to get him. He's not. He's not. He's a pretty solid offensive player. He does doesn't have a reliable jumper. If he had a reliable jumper, he has the, the game. He knows how to get to the basket just as good as anyone. He would be a twenty point scorer if he had a, a reliable jump shot that you know he could make moves with. I don't know. He's not the same type of player as Simmons, but so I wouldn't be giving him a max deal. But he's still a solid player. I mean, I I, I don't hate it. He can develop more, but he's that was probably the biggest contest. I mean, Siakam got paid. He's been also a guy that's just been developing more and more. You you see him, he's got games where he's dropped 30, especially in the playoffs. He was a big reason when they won. He's just freakishly athletic and he knows how to score, and he's been developing more and more. So I can't say that's why I didn't consider him as my breakout player, like most improved, because he's obviously going to get a lot of volume. But I mean we saw this the flashes last year. So unless he becomes like a like a he's averaging like twenty-five a game and they are in the playoff contention, I, I don't know if I can give him that most improved. Still a good signing. And Sabonis gets signed. Yeah, he underrated like double double player. Just he, like he and he he he's a good rebounder. But I mean Again, he's not the, really the stretch type. He's not a bad guy with the shot, but he, he's not a stretch. I and mean, I think that's what the league's trending towards is stretch players, as you see, like Embiid, Horford got his shot going. I think the, the centers that can shoot. But yeah, like I said, Ingram's going to be the big big headline to watch. I think it's crazy that I mean you see that these there's it's like every other year now we're seeing that like one of the top two picks is just not anywhere near what they need to be and that people I, I someone's got to do something about the scouts I mean seriously how many I'm, there's been a lot of whiffs I mean yeah you can say it because of injuries and stuff like that but I mean th- this is a big deal like when you get the top pick in the NBA lottery. Look at the type of players that, like, have gone and look at, and see the drop-off. I mean, it's just like Ben Simmons to Ingram. When you think about that now, you're saying Ben Simmons, I think most people are putting him around in the top 15 of players now, at least top 20. He's in my top 15. Brandon Ingram, is he in the top 75 that would be like, is he like a, at least like a number three option on a team? I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't been in the winning culture. It. I. I don't know. The Fultz, Lonzo, Ball draft. I mean, none of neither of them. Tatum was the best pick from there so far. It, it like it there's just this drop off in these in these top top two or three picks. Scouting's terrible. Alright, I'm giving myself some time to do a real This is an interesting segment because everyone knows Patrick Mahomes got hurt. And what does that mean? What does Greed want to say right now? Greed wants to say the Madden curse is goddamn real. And it's been happening for way too long. And I don't think it gets enough recognition. I think it should be everywhere. When the Madden, when whoever gets selected, like, when when whoever gets the next, next year's Madden for Madden 21, like, in Yahoo and, like, fantasy drafts, they should, like, just mark him as the Madden curse player, like, next to, like, his notes. Say, like, we expect this guy to get hurt this year or something to happen. And it's sad. I mean, it's sad because it ruins the NFL for everyone. When you watch... Like, do you know, Sunday Night Football this week is the Packers and Chiefs. This would have been the 5-2 and two Chiefs versus 6-1 and one Packers, Rodgers versus Mahomes, Sunday Night Football. This would have probably been one of the biggest games of the year. And now it's Matt Moore. Just think about that. How much that hurts. How much of a letdown. I mean Matt Moore, he's been in the league a long time. But this isn't the same player. These are two these two quarterbacks are like two of the strongest arms in the league. And just Aaron Rodgers is coming off one of the best performances we'll have in the in the in the league this year, and it's just it it's it hurts, man. It hurts thinking about it. But let's review why the Madden curse is real. So I I researched this. I found a nice article from Business Insider. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, I actually recommend reading it because it's actually pretty interesting. But let's go back to what they say here. So it all started. They say that the Madden Curse originated '99 with Garrison Hurst where he broke his ankle. They said this is the beginning. Madden '99. 2000 Barry Sanders retires because he's in the background of the John Madden cover. 2001 they say he doesn't. It was uh, Eddie George. That's not real. That's not really the Madden Curse. That t- the year kind of takes a year off. Cole Pepper misses five games. And this is like the, just be grateful for where we are with the NFL now with some of the QBs cuz the QBs back then were shit. Cole Pepper led the league in 33 touchdown passes. At least with scoring wise, we've we've elevated. 03. Marshall Falk had four consecutive years with 1300 rushing yards. He had nine hundred and fifty three that season. He had five hundred less rushing yards. Like the dude was the, the dude was the like the real time like Saquon. Like that's what he was. He was just the the the, the running back every week just goes off. And then he, he just shit. Oh four, unbelievable Michael Vick. Breaks his leg in the preseason. That was just terrible because I remember using Michael Vick in that game. It was like me throwing a football. It was just unreal. Scoob would not have liked that if I said that right now. He would probably would have ripped me. But freak you, Scoob. Oh, ho, 6 McNabb. Missed miss six games. I don't even consider that the curse. You know what the curse was? McNabb in general. McCurse, You know why? Because after, when he got on the Madden cover, I can't think of what he did. He literally didn't do anything. I was so sick of McNabb at that point, I was like, we, we need a new QB. So the Madden curse underratedly ruined McNabb's career. Here's a huge one. 07, Sean Alexander. He had 1,800 yards and 28 touchdowns. Probably the most... One of the most unreal seasons ever. Next year, he misses six games, and then his career surely ends after that, which wasn't the same. Another career-ending Madden cover, and it, he didn't. His career obviously didn't end there, but it went from like one of the most promising to like just wow. And that was Vince Young. I just, I just remember Vince Young. I mean, dude, this guy was supposed to be like. This, this was supposed to be a, like a game changer for the NFL. And he just wasn't. He was never. I mean, what the hell was Vince Young? He came into Philly, wreaked absolute havoc. Like, just putting a curse on us. And then he left. And no one heard from him again. That's a lie. Someone heard from him. Oh, 09. Brett Favre's not really a man curse. So this is when he came out of retirement. But the thing about it probably would be is that he, this was when he got traded and he came out of retirement from the Packers because they had Aaron Rodgers. And then the Aaron Rodgers ends up taking the Packers, Like I think it's a, year, a couple years later, and gets them a Super Bowl. Because I think Favre played a couple seasons before he retired. So it's more of that Favre got forced out. Got a new team, and that team, and the Packers ended up going to the Super Bowl and getting a Super Bowl. 2010, the shared Palomalu Fitzgerald, one of my favorite Super Bowls ever, that's the Santonio Holmes catch, but the next season, after Palomalu's insane season, the dude used to just jump over the line like it was nobody's business. Like, I wonder what would happen if someone tried that today, where they timed the snap and just launched. Like, could you imagine if someone like a of a safety just launched up in the air at like Aaron Rodgers or like Mahomes? What the NFL would do? He'd be he'd be out for the season. Like Palomao had his own reputation. And then that next season after that, he missed eleven games. And the Steelers didn't even make playoffs. That was like that was the type of player he was. Twenty eleven Breeze. There wasn't. This is another one that was questionable, Madden curse. But apparently, he had a broken leg. He played through it. I that would be hard to believe. But they lost to the 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 thing that the note they made was they lost the seven nine Seahawks, which that if that happened to me, that's like us. That like that was like if the Eagles were like a number one or two seed, and we lost to like like the Eli Manning Giants, seven to nine. That like that would that's how much that would hurt. Here's like probably the one of the most known ones, and it's Peyton Hillis. Because he went from like he was like one of the top running backs. He had twelve hundred yards in twenty twelve. And then next year he missed six games. And then his the rest of his career. So he had twelve hundred yards in one season. He went six hundred yards the rest of his career. Imagine that drop off. Like I, I just that this That's insane Adrian Peterson He beat the shit out of his kid apparently I'm not saying apparently He did Madden 25 He was out for the year Scumbag Madden 17 Gronk Played in 8 games Madden 18 Tom Brady Oh dude this isn't a curse Yeah it is you just haven't read the you haven't read the papers. Madden eighteen, Tom Brady on the cover. How can it be a curse? How do you take down the GOAT? How do you do it? I don't know. Maybe Nick Foles comes in. Forty one thirty three. Take him out on the big stage. Brady was playing played well that game. The Patriots were a great team. But then they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Mad 19. This is just a, a a continuous story. Antonio Brown is not even in the league anymore. After He didn't even get hurt. Nothing. He had a monster season. People said that the curse was broken. And then this whole fallout with the helmet. No, People think he's going mentally insane. I'm waiting for him to just show up to the Steelers and just be like, well, "What time? Where, what time's the bus leaving?" Like he's just uh, no one knows his next move. I'm still waiting for it. He went to freaking college. What? Like what? That's a cur- that, that how does a player go for being on top of the NFL? This is what this is what the curse is. It, this is what defines it. It's when someone will be on top it's where th- they know this player is like one of the faces of the NFL right now what they're doing their team like it's just and then he literally is not even in the league the next year it's just it's 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 unreal and i don't get why we don't talk about this more it's literally been happening for 20 years AB's just one of a couple clowns from the Madden cover. Who 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 picks the Madden cover? I mean, it's gotta be a committee. I wonder I wonder who's like how do you get voted into this committee? Because you have some talent. I'll give you that. There's some talent in picking the Madden cover. I don't know how you do it, but you're you jinx people. You're evil. The Madden Witch trials. I don't know man. I'm tired of ranting about the NFL. I really am. I'm wait- I'm like I'm hyped for these games tonight. I'm hyped for some basketball. Except for we don't have Zion you know, on opening night. And then it's the, the Kawhi-less Toronto Raptors, which is everyone's favorite team. I have to talk about the Madden curse. That this is where we are. This is where we are. I can't. I can't keep talking about the birds. I need other, I need other shit to talk about. They need to do something positive for me to want to keep talking about. them. This is negative. It's like a news station reporting all negative shit, or it's the positive. All right, guys, you know the deal. If you're liking the podcast, we hate Scoob. Follow at Seamers Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you like Scoob, again, follow the Steamer's Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at Steamer's Pod. Tell your friends, tell your cousin, tell your great aunt, tell me. This has been Steamer's Season 1, Episode 22. We'll see you on Thursday.